Hi, y'all. This is Robin Kenny, and welcome to the More Than Business podcast, my personal audio journal, partly about growing a business with the lessons I've learned. It's also just life lessons in general and how all those things intersect. I have a lot to talk about, and I am ready to get started. Since this is the first episode, I wanted to lay the framework and the groundwork really from before the business actually started. I've been running a business now for seven years, Motor City Woman Studios, but there was a lot that led up to that. So since this is the first episode, I wanted to lay that groundwork and then build upon there. You know, I really liken my story to one of my favorite movies, Slumdog Millionaire. If you haven't watched it, pause here and go check it out because everything that I've gone through has prepared me for the life that I'm living. And I anticipate that everything I'm going through now is preparing me for my next chapter. So the Slumdog Millionaire is all about that. One of my favorite movies. So let's start at the beginning. Who am I? I am a native Detroiter. At one point, I was one of five generations living in Detroit before our elders passed on. So I am a proud Detroiter, um, born and bred. I attended um, Catholic school in Detroit, was part of the Great Migration, or my grandparents were part of the Great Migration, came up here from Alabama to for that $5 a day at Ford Motor Company for a quote good job. Um, grew up in a very loving family, attended Catholic school Monday through Friday and a Baptist church on Sundays. So that's a whole other thing that I'm sure I'll be talking about during the podcast. Um, two different religions that intersect, of course, but some differences there, of course. My mom worked really hard to give me a lot of choices and experiences, whether it was camps and horseback riding to piano lessons. She believed in kids being busy, and and that's what I was. Um, One of my fondest memories, actually, is at school, we buried a time capsule. And I think, has anyone dug up that time capsule yet? You know, it was right on West Outer Drive. The school was named St. Celastica. So shout out to anyone who attended St. Celastica back in the 80s. Um, But I wonder about that. I remember planting that time capsule and I would love to see what's in that thing. Okay, I'm going to stick a pen in that, come back to that. Um, My teachers were nuns. I remember having one male teacher and one day he, I don't know if he was upset or something happened and he slammed the door and I never saw that teacher again. (laughs) I never had a male teacher again in Catholic school. But one thing I will say about Catholic school is that it brought me structure. It brought me 
discipline. And those are two things that I certainly use now as a business owner. And, you know, as we talk about this podcast more than business, everything that we experience, everything that we learn in our life's journey can be used as an entrepreneur. So fast forward, I go to college. I attended Michigan State University, go Spartans. So going from being pretty introverted, only child, to sharing a room. At one point, I had four roommates. I remember that. And back then, there was no call waiting. So if someone was on the phone and you were expecting a call, the person who was trying to reach you was going to get a busy signal. There wasn't an answer machine or anything like that. I remember... Uh, freshman year being on academic probation. And I'm sure my mother will never hear this, but I almost got kicked out because I got up to college and just let loose partying and not going to class, half doing assignments. And I was able to get the letter about academic probation out of our mailbox at home before my mother saw it and just worked hard that next semester so that I could stay in in school. Uh, but that really, it, it really woke me up to, hey, this is serious. A lot of my family members sacrificed and helped me to pay for college. So I wanted to take it seriously. So I really had to get myself together. And dropping out was just not an option. I was the second person in my family to go to college. And it was a a sense of pride there, of course. And I didn't want to let anything, uh, anyone down. And another thing about going to Michigan State was that was really my first time interacting with non-Black people on a like a casual, everyday basis. Of course, in Catholic school. Most of the teachers and most of the nuns um, were not black, but that was just a sense of authority. So it's just a different relationship there. Um, my roommates and, you know, just being around people who weren't black, it was a learning experience for sure. I can recall one incident being in my math class and I had placed into a higher level math class uh, freshman year and I remember sitting there. And these two students, um, two, two white students turned around and were like, well, are you in the right class? And, you know, me being naive, I was like, yeah, I, I'm looking at my schedule. I'm like, yeah, this is this is the calculus. Right. This is the right right class. And they just kind of smirked at each other like they just couldn't believe that this black girl from Detroit was in the same math class as them. So. It was interesting, you know, and there are a lot of stories that I can tell about that. But all in all, it helped me to grow. It helped me to interact with people who were not like me, interact with people who did not want me there. Again, all things that I use as an entrepreneur, for sure. I started Michigan State as a pre-vet major. In fact, I always had a love for animals and I thought, I want to be a veterinarian. I want to care for animals and help them thrive and do operational procedures and surgeries. And that was all good until I remember I was interning 
at a vet clinic. Again, this is our freshman year. And a dog came in and he had was stuck in the in the rib cage and there was like a fountain of blood coming out of him and I fainted. <laughs> and I remember waking up like, What are where am I? Who who are you? And I just realized that, hey, I can love animals without being a veterinarian. I just didn't have the stomach for it. I, I loved animals so, so much, but it wasn't going to be a career. So I changed my major. I became a business major and loved it. Ended up getting a degree in human resource management. Um, I joined an organization called Student Admissions Committee because one thing about me is I've always had, I don't know, like a a passion for helping other people in general and, you know, organizing things, whether it be tours. So there was this organization called the Student Admissions Committee, and it was part of the admissions program at State. And being a part of, it was called the SAC Led to my first job. So my first job after graduating was an admissions counselor. So I actually stayed right where I was when I graduated. I, I, you know, of course moved off campus, but I was still up in the Lansing area and loved it. It was my first time traveling alone. I went everywhere from New York to Atlanta and Chicago was one of my my base of operations, and I got to do what I loved. I was recruiting for state. I was meeting new people, young and and free. And so that experience really helped me to be independent, to interact again with people um, who did not know me and educate people. So I got a lot of experience speaking, speaking in front of large, large groups, sometimes with notes, sometimes off the cuff. But after a while, I really started to get homesick. You know, I had this rip-roaring life where I was traveling a lot and I wanted to be home. I missed my family. I hadn't been home because right after college, I I stayed in in Lansing area. So I never came back. And Detroit was on and popping. We had this young mayor and I wanted to be part of it. I wanted to be part of this new growth of Detroit. And so I moved back. Um, for several years, I worked at a nonprofit organization as an AmeriCorps intern. Shout out to any AmeriCorps interns. And it was great. You know, I worked at this um, nonprofit on the east side of the city and I was in charge of working with our business district and making sure that our entrepreneurs in the area had what they needed whether it was um, access to a business consultant, did they need a bookkeeper, did they need signage, did they just need, like, um, uh, were they having a parking issue and they needed an advocate to help them navigate getting um, something removed in front of their business. And that job taught me so much. First of all, I was back in my hometown, Detroit, and there was a lot going on, and it was a lot of fun. So just to give you a, a sense of timeline, this is probably 2004, maybe, 
2005, around that time. And one of my first bosses, I'll never forget her. She really believed in me and she really gave me the confidence that I needed to pursue things that I didn't always know. Okay. Um, again, stick a pen in that. She's going to come up again. So I was really able to help small business owners in our, in our district. That's my son. Because <laughs> I'm recording at home. And I found an appreciation for people who could create something that had ownership. Because I didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. My family either worked in social service for the state of Michigan or, like I mentioned before, Ford Motor Company. So it it was a lot of service-based jobs. And I was fine with that. It never occurred to me that entrepreneurship was even an option. And that was okay. Okay. But it was in this first job that I started meeting all these entrepreneurs. And I was like, oh, I really like helping entrepreneurs. Again, it didn't cross my mind to become one. But I knew I wanted to be part of that industry. This of let's create and revitalize our neighborhoods. And how do we do that? So for the next 10 years, I was part of helping countless numbers of entrepreneurs through programs and workshops. But what I loved most was I got the chance to work with an organization that I highly respected, and that was Focus Hope. So I think I went over there maybe every week or biweekly. I was able to go over to Focus Hope and offer workshops I was able to offer these variety of like entrepreneur 101 workshops and it was a lot of fun we talked about everything from the components of a business plan to identifying your customer to coming up with a product or service and so it was it was a chance for me to connect directly with people in the community who had an idea and and really didn't know what to do after that. I have this idea, now what? Okay, so I I enjoyed it. And I I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did. And I didn't know that this was really preparing me because I, I got to learn the inside out of starting the business, working with the Small Business Administration, the Small Business Development Centers, um, just knowing all these different resources that, again, I didn't know were going to come up and would be helpful for me when I started my business. At this point, it wouldn't be in like a decade later. So I didn't get bit by the entrepreneur bug until it was the only option. You see, I was expecting my third child. You just heard him walk into the room. And it was evident that I wasn't going to be able to be the mom I wanted while working for someone else. It was just not working. You know, my kids would get off for school. I'd be racing home. Um, Thankfully, I have a very solid support system. But racing home to spend an hour, two hours with them, and then they were off to sleep. And it was just, this isn't working. I'm not happy. 
this is not the motherhood that I want to have. And I knew I had the, I had the power. I knew I had the power to change it. So that's what I wanted to do. So one thing I've always loved is radio, talk radio specifically. Growing up, I remember listening to Martha Jean the Queen in the back of my mother's Red Ford Tempo. I have very vivid memories of of Martha Jean the Queen and the guests she had on, the interviews, the topics, how loving she was, how direct she was, how respected she was. And I approached my partner with the idea of what would it look like to have our own radio station? Like, what would that look like? I don't even know. Because at this point, it's all in my head. I don't know what's needed, what equipment, what's the process. I have the slightest idea. But I know I have an idea. I know I have a passion. And I know I need to do something with it. And I was blessed to have access to... Someone who didn't, and that was my partner, Mike. So we started with um, just getting radio time on Radio 1. I would purchase radio time, and I had a weekly show called the Motor City Woman Radio Show. And I loved it. I got to interview women from across Metro Detroit, and we talked about building businesses, Um balancing and having a life. Um, I was able to share local resources. I've so many, so many people who have come on the show that I'll always be grateful for because I was just getting started. And you want to talk about like bare bones, you know, community-based. That was what that radio show was. And, and if this speaks to when you have an idea and you have a passion, just start. Start somewhere, and that's what we did. After a few months went by, I realized that my voice wasn't the only one that needed to be heard. Motor City Woman needed to grow. So that led to the Motor City Woman Radio Network. So that expanded to that. So now we're at about, we're about 2015, 2016. And over the years, you know, uh, the radio network grew to to be able to offer shows to people. We were a digital radio station. And that kind of brings us to today. Over the years, we've expanded from digital radio to producing multilingual projects, audiobooks, voiceovers for commercials. I tell you, uh it was amazing to hear a commercial that we produced on someone else's radio station. That was kind of cool. But that brings us to today. And so I've laid the foundation of kind of who I am, how I got here, so to speak, and a bit about the business. In these upcoming episodes, I'll dig more into lessons that I've learned over the years as our business has grown, as it was impacted by COVID-19, 
and as we've added an additional business of audio engineers of Detroit and how all these things tie back to knowing who you who you are having a support system especially you know as a mother and as a parent in general relationships cultivating relationships all of those things so this is not your typical business podcast It's not like a life lessons podcast. It's not a motivational podcast. It's all those things wrapped up in a big gumbo. And I'm so excited to bring it to you. Before we wrap up, I do want to note that I did something special with this podcast. So I really want people to be part of the podcast. I want to hear what you think. I want to get feedback. I want your questions. I want your topic suggestions. So a great way... For you to be part of the podcast is we've set up a way on the MotorCityWoman.com slash more than business podcast site. You can go on there and actually leave Mommy? us a voice note. Bye. You can choose to have your name. You can choose to leave your name or you can be anonymous. But we want to hear from you. You can include a question. Let's say you're just getting... Yeah. Let's say you're just getting started on your entrepreneurial journey and you want to ask me a question or you want to add to this discussion. You know, you can say, hey, Robin, I've been there, done that. And this is what I will add to that episode. I welcome it. I encourage it, please. So, again, you can leave us voice notes and you never know. You may be part of a future episode. So, again, Go to MotorCityWoman.com forward slash more than business podcast and you can leave us a voice note. Until then. Mm-hmm.